Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 40 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the show. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with the start of part two, Battle Tendency. Okay, so here's the thing. There is a like a large thing about this episode that we need to talk about very, very early, and that is uh, the ridiculous Nazis that are going to be in this episode. Uh, just, just be prepared, you guys. I, I know I usually make a joke here, but like, it's about to get fucking super weird. <laughs> yeah, there's Nazis. Let's let's go ahead and jump in. Oh my god, these you JoJo's said episodes. In that intro, it's about to get super weird, and you didn't use the word bizarre, and I'm just like, what do I do with this? It's just laying there looking at me. Yeah, it's gonna be like I I I think bizarre is a good word for it, but it is beyond bizarre. And it, yeah. the show the show takes some weird fucking turns in this so, these couple of episodes. It's strange, but I also at the same time appreciated like it basically so we're watching the first four episodes of part two today which is episodes 10 through 13 and um i appreciated it because it's basically two distinct but interconnected story arcs that that leave you ready for the next part of the story so i i did this completely by accident because you guys probably if you've listened to the show you know that most of the stuff we've covered so far, Spencer and I are familiar with. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the first show that we've covered together that neither of us has seen previous to our coverage on this podcast. So we are going in blind every every four weeks when we watch this show. So I literally just like looked at how long part two was and divided it up as evenly as I could. And I got four episodes, and they happened to chop up really, really well. So this was really serendipitous. Uh, but the storytelling is is pretty good. It's a little bit smoother to me than um, the storytelling in, in part one. Uh, but it also has some really weird shit go down. And, like, the fight in the desert that takes, like, a minute and a half was, like, cool but so weird and, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, um, it's, it's gonna, I just, I want to, I want to sort of just let people know ahead of time, um, that we're, we're going to do a little bit of, uh, our before, but we should really get into these cause there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. <laughs> now I do want to, before we get in, I do want to say that you and I started to have a conversation before we started recording that I would like to have on air, which is. So we're back with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The votes were cast. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure continuing one out. Um, as a reminder, if you would like us to cover something else, um, Cowboy Bebop does expire after our next Cowboy Bebop episode, which is, I think, two weeks from now. So if you want to see us cover something in six weeks, we will be starting a new show. And about four weeks from now, we're going to need to know what that show is so Spencer and I can get ready and start watching and stuff like that. So if you want to vote on that, um, please reach out to us at one of our social media outlets. We'll talk about those at the end of the show. Um, If you are a little disappointed to see that JoJo's won over something that you wanted more, um, you've got another chance. We've got a new show coming up soon and we don't have it picked yet. Um, But yeah, we're back with JoJo's and I think Spencer and I both have some feelings about that so far based on these first four episodes. Yeah. Um, my feelings are I'm I think JoJo's Bizarre Adventure started on such a high if you listen to our first episode about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that covers episodes 1 through 3 we were both really taken with the style with the storytelling I think both of us really loved it and we're really excited to see what happened and I think for both of us we've felt let down ever since. Um, I'm Mm. much more into it than Spencer is. And I think I'm a lot more forgiving in these kind of ways as far as like, ah, it's not meeting my expectations, but I can hang on for a while longer because I think maybe it might. Um, Whereas Spencer, I don't think you're 
I don't think you're quite the same way. You might continue to watch it, but I think with less optimism than I will. <laughs> yeah. Especially as we get into the new iteration of JoJo, um, you think maybe his name is going to be different from Joseph, but instead he's just the other younger Joseph, the younger, gayer Joseph. I would, I would. He has point much nicer he... hair, which is absolutely gay. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're going to go ahead and before we get started, be aware we're going to be in what Japanese people thought America was like at this time, too. This is, um, I think, much more accurate to uh, New York in the 1930s. I thought God. it was. I'm just. Oh my god, I'm just remembering about the booger on the face that happened oh so early. Well, that happens early, so we might as well get started. This, so this is... Oh my god. So uh, if you didn't pick it up from the beginning, or if you haven't listened before, or you're not familiar with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, whatever, it is a continuing story, but it, it's kind of like American Horror Story, where each season is an, a new cast playing in a new setting. So... This JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, we're starting on episode 10, but this is also the first episode of a new section. So JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 2, we find out very, very quickly. They say explicitly at the beginning that it's been 49 years since the JoJo from Part 1 died, which is how the Part 1 ended. But uh, then everybody else just uses the, the number 50. So it's about 50 years later. Um, New York City in 1938 is where we're going to pick up. Um, so this is the start of a new bizarre adventure. I'm so confused. There I'm so is, confused. There is a I, I previously didn't even think on, about that. What? I didn't even think about that. So, so Jojo, the young Jojo, is like in his 40s? I'm so confused. No, no. So Because this is Jojo's grandson. Okay. Yeah, so... Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, the narration is going to tell us a little bit at the beginning, and then a little bit after we've seen some scenes, it's going to clarify some stuff. So um, at the last JoJo's Bizarre Adventure episode, Spencer and I were both not sure whether Erina was pregnant or not. So she she was left with a baby from uh, a stranger on the boat. Like, basically, Erina and this baby were the only survivors... But it is confirmed by the narration in this episode that Erina was also pregnant with Jojo's child. So um, over, so this is going to serve a little bit as our prologue into the story and also as our previously on. So we have two, uh, actually three important characters from the first Jojo's Bizarre Adventure that are going to come back. And one that's going to be referenced a lot that you need to know about. Um, so... One is Erina. That is the sort of uh, love interest from part one. She didn't factor in a lot of episodes, um, but she did end up getting married to our protagonist. She got pregnant by him um, right before he died. And um, she is now basically the only surviving member of his his family, as far as we know. Um, The other guy is Speedwagon. That is his actual name. I think it's his last name. Um, he was Robert Speedwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the way too goddamn loud sidekick of JoJo, and like in JoJo's crew, it was like JoJo, and then his his teacher of like the his mystical arts, which is called Hamon, which is like you know energy fighting in in an anime. That's what it's called in this one. Um, Speedwagon yeah. was the guy who couldn't do anything. He was the Krillin. Um, then there's um. Oh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, Stryzo. Stryzo is like a Tibetan monk who taught Jojo's teacher everything he knows and has basically maintained a sort of youthful look, even though he's super old. Um, I mean, he's not like super youthful, but he's like a, he's aged gracefully because of his access to this, you know, mystical art of Hamon. Um, so he's he's the the teacher and he showed up to help them out in part one. Um, and then the character that we're not going to see today, but that's super important, is Dio. And Dio is JoJo's adopted brother who found that the stone, mysterious stone mask will turn people into vampires. He turned himself into a vampire and then used his new vampire abilities to um, turn an entire town into zombie thralls. And attempt to kill Jojo and his friends. Uh, he managed to kill Jojo's father and um, seemed to be defeated. Jojo made his way to America, but the boat that they were on 
uh, was attacked when it turned out that Dio was still alive. And Dio's severed head was alive. Yeah, and Dio was, and Jojo he basically with laser eyes. Yeah, <laughs> Dio, and, which they kind of explain in this episode. Which so Dio and Jojo basically go down with the ship together. So Dio is maybe still alive because he's like immortal, but he's like encased in stone at the bottom of the ocean. Um, but he's an important character they're going to reference, and the stone mask is also super important. It turns people into vampires. They become super, super dangerous and strong and nigh immortal. Um, so mm-hmm. that was 50 years ago. Irina was left with a baby um, from someone else that uh, had died on the ship and a baby that um, she had just gotten pregnant with by Jojo. And so she went on... From holding hands. Yeah, it, it sounds like they lived in London. So it sounds like they were on their way to America and she was either rescued and returned to London or she went to America and then moved back to London. Um, but they, so she grew up, she had her two children and then her son, which is Jojo's biological child, got married and had his own kid. And then um, that Jojo's son was killed in the war, which is presumably World War One, which happened around 20 years before the start of this series. Um, and then his mother was killed by some sort of unnamed disease. And so it's 1938. Jojo is late teens, early 20s, somewhere around there. Um, his full name is Joseph Joestar instead of Jonathan Joestar, but he still goes by Jojo. So he is original Jojo's grandson, but is also going by Jojo. So don't be confused. We are now referencing the current arcs protagonist Jojo from now on, unless we note otherwise. God, that was a lot of backstory. Um, It's a lot. Yeah. So let's get to it. The first episode is um, number 10. It's called Jojo in New York. Welcome to America, you guys. As told by uh, Japanese people, um, the first thing that you will notice is that uh, people in America um, and uh, people that are from Britain also speak with Japanese uh, <laughs> with the Dude, Japanese language. I thought about that so much because so... wa- I think we're both watching the subbed version and not the dubbed version, which I don't even know if there is a dubbed version. But yeah. Uh, the subbed version, yeah, they all just speak Japanese. They don't have, like, accents or anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I was like, man, these people are from all over. There's there's British people. There's American people. Later on, there's going to be German people. They all sound the same. Yeah, because they all speak Japanese. Yep. Everywhere in the world speaks Japanese, apparently, yeah. in JoJo's yep. Bizarre Adventure. The big thing that you need to know um, at the very beginning of this is that uh, jo- new JoJo looks exactly like old JoJo, except for that he has better hair. And, and better also, uh, yeah, he has m- better clothes, I guess. Yeah, he definitely um, is the gayer JoJo. He's super gay. Um, anyways, uh, he is buying a Coke at the beginning of this, which apparently they have in America and they do not have in Britain. Um, because he yeah, because they mentioned very... that he's never had one before. Yeah. Which, and, I don't uh, know when Coke was, like, invented or whatever, so maybe it's, like, a new product at this time in history and I just don't know enough about it. Yeah, because, I mean, they wouldn't get uh, any historical data wrong inside of the show, right? Yeah, I just did um... air quotes, by the way, around a new product. <laughs> Even that's though, like really, like, really you good can't radio see work. Me, and this is for a podcast, <laughs> so that's great. Great radio work, you guys. Uh-huh, I know. Um, I'm so anyways, good at this. So, um, Joseph is starting to pay with his money, and um, he gets robbed by this kid. Um, this uh, younger African American kid takes Named his wallet Smokey. and runs. Yeah, his name and is Smokey. We'll find that out in a minute. If his name is Smokey because of Smokey and the Bandit, and they were like, "Well, he's a Bandit, so we're gonna name him Smokey." Maybe <laughs> that's my head cannon. Probably correct. So he's running down this alley to get away um, and like look at the money that he's just stolen from Joe. Um, and he is stopped by these two police officers. One of them is relatively normal looking. The yeah. other one has a horrible, deformed, fat face. Yeah. He looks I like hate a this human guy's pig. design. It's disgusting. It's really gross. He and is immediately thing- physically revolting. Mm-hmm. 
And what he's going to do is he's going to beat the shit out of Smokey immediately. Yeah. Because he's like, we caught you red-handed for shoplifting. I'm going to I'm gonna just beat the shit out of you and then step on your head while uh, I tell you that I, I you're honestly, going to... He hit him so like, hard at the beginning of this scene that I thought he had killed him. Because yeah. Because he, like, smacks him with, like a, like, a bully stick or something like that. And then, like, Smokey goes down, and he's got, like, blood on his face, and his eyes are closed. And then the dude steps on his head, and I was like, this dude is dead. They just killed this guy. Uh, and yeah. also, I gotta say, I got a little bit uncomfortable that the first thing that happens in this show is that the black kid gets brutalized by the police. That's yeah, not it's cool. a little fucked up. Like, yeah. the big thing that I noticed in this part of America is... I know that there are some really awful things that have happened in Americans like civil rights culture, um, you know, like understanding the civil rights movement inside of the United States. You know, it was during World War Two. Things were happening in World War Two that were not OK. Um, the things that happened to this kid, uh, honestly, it's like something that may have really happened inside of the United States. Yeah, at this time. I- I appreciated the historical accuracy, but it, it's so uncomfortable because it's like it's also something that, you know, has really circled back into the consciousness. Yeah. Like, I think the black community has been aware of this disparity and this like danger with the police forever. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, like as a white person, it's really become so prevalent in like this new age of like social media and where you can hear about it a little mm-hmm. bit more. And the last several years that we've had all of these police brutality incidents has been really, really disturbing. And, and kind of I think that I think that like as somebody who grew up with that like racial privilege, we didn't have that that like it was never it was never shown to us until it was literally shown to us with these horrible things through this mm-hmm. sort of like new media gathering. Anyway, what I'm getting at is this is this feels very historically accurate, but given the fact that this shit still happens today, it was really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, and it's it's amazing that a show that can be so insanely weird um, can also be socially accurate yeah. and also relevant. It's um, on a really grounded note, but don't worry, that's about to fucking change. <laughs> yeah, so the first thing that happens is that this kid is being brutalized by these police officers, um, and then JoJo steps up, uh, he, he runs down, and he says, no, actually, I gave my wallet to this kid Which and was cool. the police officers because that's the police not true. officers yeah <laughs> the police officers like no you didn't um and you're impeding uh impeding uh an arrest here um so you better get out of here um or i'm going to make you pay and the way that he makes him pay is by picking out boogers from his nose to stick on the side of jojo's face was so gross it's like i literally like he was picking his nose and i was like man they're really going uh, pretty ham-fisted on how gross this character is and then he literally rubbed a booger on jojo's face and i was like what the fuck am i watching (laughs) well if you wanted to know if this guy was a monster all the way he absolutely is but the great thing that we're going to see in a moment is that while he's picking his nose to stick another booger on jojo's face jojo just clocks him in the head and smashes his finger up into his nose yeah i'm pretty sure he broke both his nose and his finger by the way that it was animated Mm -hmm. and it's pretty satisfying um jojo then the other police officer he's sort of like i think he's in it now you know and he like pulls out his gun to point at jojo and he's like you like leave now or i'm gonna shoot you and jojo's like do it i dare you but if you pull that trigger i'm gonna break your finger (laughs) well he says when you go to pull the trigger i'm gonna break your finger so he like pulls his finger over to the trigger and you see something we haven't seen in this iteration of Jojo yet, but we know from previous Jojo, which is there is a energy that comes out of Jojo's hand, goes into the Coke bottle that he is holding, and it uh, powers up so much that it shoots the very, the top that's on the Coke bottle into the police officer's finger, like shattering his finger. It which actually is our first it iteration. <laughs> Yeah. He, oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm forgetting this is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Everything yeah. is the most in this show. Uh, so his finger is destroyed. Is yeah. 
And this is our first iteration in this uh, part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where we see Hamon from somebody who um, we didn't know before had Hamon. And what I like about this version, too, is that we saw slight variations in the Hamon usage in part one, but they really didn't go into it a lot. Um, And this usage of Hamon is a little bit different than what we've seen it before. It seems specifically to be based a lot more on liquid. Um, We'll see that as it goes on through the episodes that we're watching today. But basically, like, Jojo was able to, like, send his Hamon into the water because Hamon's, uh, it's about breath and it's about the flow of life energy. So we already know, it's it has been explicitly established that sort of water um, helps conduct Hamon. And this was seen previously in part one. But it seems like Jojo, the way that he manifests his Hamon is often explicitly related too liquid and i like that it it gives it a a sort of more personalized feel than the occasionally generic version of like super punches that original part one jojo threw Mm -hmm. um yeah so the next thing that's going to be happening in the show is a uh, complete deviation from what we have just seen um we are going to go on a wild adventure um with uh speedwagon um, who is meeting up with the old Tibetan monk that trained uh, the previous master of Jojo. Yeah, um, so Speedwagon has done a There Will Be Blood and has become an oil magnate. <laughs> and in fact, he his story is a lot like There Will Be Blood, at least the beginning of the film, because Speedwagon is stated explicitly to have been made his way penniless to the deserts of Texas and had been at death's door when he discovered oil and became a rich oil magnate who now has the ability to influence the global economy. So that's yeah. Speedwagon. And uh, he's also, also looking kind of find old. out that he might have some, uh, you know, mob ties. We'll figure that out in a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know quite what they were insinuating with that. I don't know if they were totally fucking insinuating. I, I did not pick up on that actually. Like, I thought basically just that he was that important that like news of stuff happening to him mattered, whether or not he was involved directly. No, um, he said that he ha- he does a lot of business with him. Remember? Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna defer to your judgment on this one because I don't remember that explicitly. <laughs> But um, the deal is Speedwagon has, he's been doing some sort of expedition, uh, and I don't remember why exactly. I think just for the fuck of it, probably as an oil magnate looking for whatever else can bring in revenue for the company. But in his expeditionary um, search, he has uncovered this like underground tomb temple kind of thing. And so he has called Stryzo, who is the, again, the Tibetan monk guy that taught the guy that taught part one's Jojo how to use Hamon. He's still alive and he's doing pretty well in his old age. Um, He has arrived and uh, Speedwagon shows him this like catacomb and he's like, here's the deal. Check this out. There are all of these masks and they are different versions of the same mask that we saw from part one which at the time, as far as we knew, was the only such mask that existed and is now at the bottom of the ocean with Jojo and Dio and like Jojo's corpse and Dio's probably constantly reanimating body, I guess, or head. Um, And in the middle of all these masks there, it looks like a petrified stone statue of a long haired dude. And he almost looks tree-like in the way that he's, like, petrified in there. You know what I just realized when you said that? And I thought about this a a lot in just random things. You ever ever see, like, those monster movies and stuff, and you're just like, how did nobody stumble upon this monster? Did you realize that, like, with Dio's head floating to the bottom of the ocean with one of these masks— we they have just planted, like, the breadcrumb of that happening in the future? Yeah. I thought that that's what happened in part two. So I've watched a couple of videos. You guys that listen to the show know that I'm a huge fan of Super Eyepatch Wolf. And he has done, I think, two Why You Should Watch videos on um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. 
And I thought I remembered part two being about the resurrection of Dio. Uh, it might still end up being that, but it is not as far as these episodes go, and it doesn't lend itself to that. Uh, it looks like it's going to be something else. So that might be part three that I'm misremembering, or I might be completely wrong about that. But yeah, when he sank to the ocean, I was like, well, this shit's definitely coming back. Yeah. Anyways, um, so the <laughs> next thing that happens Give is, some time. Uh, is Strizo decides to uh, pull a, a straight up Judas and he kills everybody that's there, including uh, Speedwagon. He takes the mask and sticks it on his face because he says that he's been he's been secretly um, wishing that he was like Dio um, so long ago. Yeah, and he, he could gain he, immortal immortality. He's been fighting against aging, but he was like, Hamon allows me to be stronger and more youthful, but it doesn't stop aging. It just slows it down, and I want to stop aging. He's, like, really pissed about getting older, which I understand, but uh, he's real mad. So he kills everyone and turns himself into a vampire, but not before we get a truly ridiculous flashback where Strizo asks when Joseph saved Speedwagon when he was younger um, at the age of 13. So we've... <coughs> Jojo has said this already, but we're we're reestablishing his character here that he has kind of a temper. And when you piss him off, he really kind of can't stop himself from Oh my from God, I had forgotten about this. It's crazy. How could you forget? So... <laughs> Basically, oh what happens God. is Speedwagon has a tiny private plane that they're flying on. Somehow, three hijackers are on the plane, which it's like just Speedwagon, his pilot, and JoJo. And it's like a, it's not, a, it's not like a private jet. This is not like a Tony Stark situation. This is a tiny plane. I don't know how they managed this without getting detected. I don't know if they like took over the plane and then took off. But, like, the plane's in the air, they're trying to hijack it, and JoJo just wants to read some comic books. But these motherfuckers won't leave him alone, and he's like, why don't you stop messing with me? And then one of them thinks that one of the hijackers is, like, basically he's being really insolent, so he punches him in the face. And then JoJo's nose bleeds onto his shirt, which was a gift to him from his grandmother, Erina, and now he's pissed. So... Essentially, what he does is he uses his ham on to incapacitate the pilot, which is their pilot, not the hijackers. It's their pilot. And he's like, now the plane's going down. So why don't you guys go fuck yourselves? And then then he he, grabs some chairs. (laughs) uh, He's like, these flotation devices will save us. And he's like, come on, Uncle Speedwagon, grab a chair. We're going to jump. So they jump out of the plane on airplane chairs, which then cushion their fall as they fall onto hard-packed rock dirt. It is absolutely, absolutely insane. I just, I I just, a couple things. First thing, they're riding somewhere in the middle of fucking nowhere. Number yeah, one. they're in the jungle when they land or some shit. Yeah. Number two, they just murdered these people and crashed a plane. And I guess nobody was, everybody was just cool with that. Yeah. And also, like, side note, I don't think JoJo has his comic book anymore. So that's, <laughs> that's a wash. Oh, my God. This fucking show. Okay. So, anyways, we're going to get back to... Um, <laughs> Uh, this this guy who's just turned himself into a vampire. And uh, the next thing that we're going to see is uh, a truly terrible man um, sitting inside of a, a room where Jojo and uh, I guess his name is Smokey. His um, name's Smokey. <laughs> yeah. Smokey and Erina are all sitting down for dinner. This guy is also being racist. And he yeah. is like... He's like, it smells terrible in here. How could you bring a pig in to eat pig? And he says that about this African-American kid that's sitting at this it's table. It's horrible. And- he does not explicitly say that it's about his race, but, like, it for sure is. That's what time it is. He's directly talking about Smokey, who is the only black person here. Like, this is about his race. It is so, like, it's so, like, that era. And it's really, it's really unsettling. 
the cool thing is that the waiter is like, well, I mean, if he can pay, he's allowed to eat here. So, like, I don't know why you're being a shit about this. And then Arina is like, Jojo gets pissed because, again, he has a temper. And he's like, he stands up to challenge this dude. And then he's like, I'm so sorry, Grandma Arina. Like, are you okay with this? And she's like, you know what? Everybody's entitled to their opinions, but he did not have the right to disrespect us in this restaurant. So as long as you don't mess up anybody else's dinner, go kick his ass. <laughs> I was like, you go, Aaron. I'm into it. Yeah, I really want this. I, I really want to uh, reference Jojo as a civil rights warrior. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's really he's really progressive thinking in in the sense. And he uh, he does not like res- He does not let racism uh, go down in any fucking place. So yeah, and he, I mean, racism isn't an American thing. Like, people are racist in London, too. So it's not like he's coming over from, like, enlightened London. Like, there's racism there, too. He's just cool. So, oh, my God. I I just realized that JoJo is literally... He, he stands up against racism for the small guy and fights Nazis. JoJo That's knew JoJo fucking is true. fucking... He's Captain America. What the <laughs> fuck, man? He's just the first movie of Captain America. Yeah. That's what he is. The first Avengers <laughs> Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Anyways, this guy... Um, JoJo does this pretty sweet thing with... He's fighting against this guy, and then he... In that he starts predicting all of the things that this guy is about to do. He I says what he is about to say. I see it as sweet... The, he, it's sort of it's sort of Sherlock Holmesy in a way. It, it's like, really anime forced style of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> like, so what's cool? I agree with you wholeheartedly that him predicting what these characters are about to say is cool because he's like he's really good at reading people apparently, and that's like his deal. Yeah. So he's like, now you're going to say, oh, how could you be so insolent or some shit? And they, one thing that kind of took me out of it was that they invariably do. And he does this a lot. And he'll actually do it over and over. Like, he, I think with this racist dude, he does it like two or three times in a row. And the guy mm-hmm. never balks at it. Like, he just proceeds to say exactly the thing that JoJo said he was going to without yeah. noticing it. Even though JoJo's not, like, saying it under his breath or, like, thinking it. Like, he's literally saying it out loud to the guy. The other thing is, the first Sherlock Holmesy thing he does is dumb as fuck. And it's like, this guy gets up and looks in his, like, breast pocket for his brass knuckles. And JoJo's like, you're not going to find him in there. You're going to find him in your back pocket. Want to know how I know? And then basically he was like, I could tell from the like bruising on your hand that you just used him recently. And there's blood on your shirt that's not yours. So you would have had to use them. And based on like where the bruise is on your hand and the fact that you just used it, you wouldn't have put it back in your breast pocket. But you definitely would have put it in your back pocket. And the guy's like shocked to find them there. And I was like, number one. He could have put it back. Nothing you said invalidates that. Number two, this guy was just sitting on these brass knuckles with spikes on the knuckle. So he (laughs) definitely knew where they were if they were in his back pocket. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. And also, doesn't he have front pockets? So couldn't he have just put them in his front pockets? He has so many pockets. Like, oh my god. These things could be anywhere. And I thought at first that JoJo had done like a sneaky move where he had like blitzed bef- faster than anyone could see and grabbed this guy's brass knuckles and was about to be like, I moved them, which I was going to be like, why didn't you keep them, you stupid ass? But like, no, he just <laughs> deduced where they were correctly. And the guy who has them on his person in the pocket of his nice pants where he was just sitting on them didn't realize maybe he's just that fat. And he just didn't feel it. But it was too much. Yeah. So anyways, he's going to put on brass knuckles. He's going to punch Jojo. He thought he had punched Jojo, but really Jojo had moved so fast. He had pulled like a, I guess it's like a nightstand or something. Or not a nightstand. Um, a, like a, a coat a hanger coat in front. A coat rack. That's what I was looking for. He put it in front of him, and he, like, stabbed his hand on a piece of, like, jagged wood that was sticking, sticking out of this coat rack. Yeah, it's um, weird. And and then JoJo, like, hits him really hard. He flies across the room. Then his, like, boss guy, who's the guy who tells JoJo that 
uh, Speedwagon has done some, like, business with him. He's like, hey, let's calm this down, okay? But just so you know, Speedwagon was found dead inside of a river inside of Mexico. And so, like, um, <laughs> JoJo's like, that's fine and all, but I'm gonna punch you super hard because you shouldn't have told Aaron of this way. Yeah, so it's so like, stupid. He's like, man, he like punches the dude twice. Who's like uh, established as a mob boss that you shouldn't fuck with. Jojo immediately punches him twice in the stomach because he gave Aaron a bad news. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so- just fucking bonkers okay so so we're gonna take a a a truly fast turn from uh right now um and we're gonna go over here to uh i guess this is a diner they're sitting down at yeah Um, it's it's like sometime (laughs) later and jojo and Smokey are hanging out at a diner and then jojo sees this um sort of long-haired youthful stranger staring pointedly at him from outside and Jojo goes out to confront this guy and he's like, Hey, why can't I see your breath from the cold? I know why it's cause you're a vampire. Don't fuck with me. And then Jojo literally has a Tommy gun that he brings out from behind him. And from he where? didn't where did have this before. From? Where did it come from? He's not wearing a trench coat. He's not wearing any kind of clothing that would conceal a Tommy gun. He has also not stolen away to any alleyways or cubby holes or anything like that. Like, he was walking in the middle of the street in a slow circle around this vampiric stranger, who he also recognizes immediately, despite looking nothing like what he just looked like. Yeah. So this vampire is Streiso, the dude who just killed all of his friends, the Tibetan monk guy. Uh, And Jojo immediately recognizes him, even though he looks completely changed, and pulls a machine gun, I think literally out of his ass. It's the only place he could have been keeping it. Yeah, so um, the next thing that happens is a, uh, it's it's kind of a cool fight scene, um, in that, like, weird shit is going to be happening inside of it. Um, So, Jojo opens fire, open fires on um, Strizo, and he shoots... A million bullets at him into yeah. this building. He shoots up the entire front of the place. Like he's just like, I guess he just assumes that everybody can get out of the way fast enough. Yeah, because he shoots the entire building up. Yeah, if you're wondering, like for reference, what kind of a open fire this is? Imagine from Home Alone, where he's like, you know, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, sort of thing. Where he just like opens fire inside of that scene. It's just like that. Um, he like, he shoots, he shoots Strizo a, a ton of times and then he goes inside and he's just like, everybody, you need to get out of here because he might not be dead. Meanwhile, Smokey's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. This is literally everyone else is terrified. <laughs> Because he just shot a dude and destroyed this restaurant. And Jojo literally, like, his only acknowledgement is, number one, it's going to be really expensive to fix this place. And then (laughs) number two, so a couple of times during these episodes, some characters are going to get rapey. And this is the first one where Jojo... Yeah, the girl... There are, like, these two girls that are, like, petrified and frozen in fear at the bar. And they're kind of, like crying fearfully and Jojo goes up to them and he's like, Hey, you guys need to leave and you need to be quiet because they can't hear because you're making a lot of noise. And if you don't be quiet, I'm going to stick my tongue in your mouth to make you quiet. And I was like, this guy's supposed to be the hero. He used to be cool. I don't know where we lost that, but this is not okay. Yeah. And I think it's just meant to scare them. But at the same time, the show is a little obsessed with tongues we're going to find out more about it that is, here in a little it's bit. It's also a little sexist. Um, and I think Not a little sexist. The show is very sexist. Yeah. Like and very, I think it's, very sexist. I think it's sort of the passive sexism of a, of a bygone era where just like women are kind of seen intrinsically as lesser. Like they're, they, it's not like 1960s. Like I've been reading a lot of 1960s Marvel on Marvel Unlimited and by God, they are so openly sexist like they'll talk about how like women are just like crazy people that like nobody can understand them including the women because they have like their thoughts are like 
not helpful. Like they can't keep a thought in their head and they get distracted easily. And it's like women are made out to be these just like completely pitiful childlike creatures that can barely fend for themselves. It's not that bad, but it's the sort of like next era's sort of like passive underlying sexism where like women aren't explicitly stated to be worse, but they are often in the way and they are often sort of just romantic objects and not really helpful. And they are also like people can be sexual at them without repercussions. I will say the good news is that the, the characters that are super rapey later as the, as these episodes progress are, are such because they're being villainous, but Jojo's pretty rapey here right now too. And it's like super not okay. And I think it's just because of like a, a low level background sexism. Uh, Don't do this kids. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really weird things that are going to happen here in this fight as well. So um, one of them is uh, Jojo revealing that he is much better at Hamon than we originally thought he might be. Um, He is going to use it to great effect and prove to be basically a complete master at at Yeah, they made it out to seem like he was just particularly gifted savant with it, but not necessarily trained in it. But here, he clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah. He He also reacts to some things... In some ways that um, you're going to not expect. <laughs> okay, so the first one is that he he punches into... Um, it, well, he, he sees that this guy has thrown off all of the bullets that he has just shot inside of them. He has also run out of bullets inside of his Tommy gun. Um, and the... I can't. It's just... There's a lot of ridiculous things that are about to happen. Okay, so he runs out of things with the Tommy gun. He pulls out all the bullets... And then he tries to punch him inside of the face and make his face melt with his ham on. And then he stops it with his scarf that's made out of beetles. <laughs> yeah, so his Streiso uh, being the oh Tibetan God. monk ham on master that he is, I guess was aware that the like the bodies of these beetles could be crushed up to be woven into a scarf and their like biological makeup would Chan- it basically, it's described as like a lightning rod for Hamon, so you can't use Hamon. I couldn't a- think of how to say this stupid fucking thing. <laughs> it's so dumb. But yeah, so like, if you use Hamon against him, the scarf is gonna redirect it and absorb it. He's basically grounded against Hamon. You can't use it against him, so that's not gonna work out. Then... Strizo does the eye beam thing that we saw Dio do a few times. And which is where they... It. Yeah, they shoot, like, these extremely deadly piercing or cutting I-beams. And it turns out that what this is is a hyper-quick, like, hardening and projecting of the, like, liquids of the eye or something like that. Like, they try to explain it a little bit, but then he also names it, and it's a fucking dumb fucking name. And then he shoots it at Jojo, who does not dodge or react at all, and it, it hits him in the head and neck. And we're just like, well, shit, I guess, what is, how is Jojo going to be alive? I was like, does Jojo become undead in episode two? Like, what's the situation? But it turns out that that was just a mirror. And somehow... I'm still confused Strizo didn't realize that he was looking at a mirror. <laughs> I have no idea what fucking happened in that situation. I was going to ask you if you figured out what the fuck that was. But it, it is, really... It's just it's an asshole. as hell. It's honestly, it's just, we talked about this a little bit with part one, Jojo, where things will happen to be dramatic, but then they, they will often be immediately undone in really unlikely ways. Uh, And this is a good example of that. And thankfully, the only one that springs to mind with the four episodes that we're watching today, um, where the author just kind of commits to something, not because he wants to have it actually happen, but because he knows that it's dramatic. So because hand-waving. <laughs> right. What's dramatic in this situation is that Jojo gets actually shot in the head and neck, but what's inconvenient for the story is that Jojo gets actually shot in the head and neck, so his way out of it is that that was a mirror, and uh, and 
Streisand just didn't realize it. And he doesn't realize it in the stupidest way. He shoots him, which honestly you should have already known it was a mirror by now because like honestly mirrors don't look like people. It doesn't matter what you say or do. Everybody can tell the difference. Like it's not that hard. And like a mirror maze is kind of a cool optical illusion. But even then you can tell that like the people in the mirror are the mirror people. It just makes it hard to find the exit. Like this just doesn't make sense on a billion levels. But then he finds out that it was a mirror because Jojo speaks and reveals himself to still be alive. And then Streisand's like, how are you alive? And Jojo's like, well, that was a mirror. And it's like, you didn't realize during any of these steps in the process that you shot a mirror. Like, you shot through glass. Couldn't you have noticed by the way that it shattered or the sounds that it made? Like, each step of the process here should have clued you in to what was going on. Yeah, I'm... I'm genuinely shocked by this show sometimes in the way that it it hand waves some things. This is one of those. But let's go ahead and and continue on because there's going to be some more things we have to cover and we don't have a ton of time. No, we're really chewing the scenery here. I'm going to say that like we we might end up having to just do three episodes today because there's a lot to unpack. Let's, uh, let's see if we can sprint. So Let's endeavor on. Okay, so the next thing that's going to happen in this episode is that uh, he is, um, well, Jojo is running away, and he's well, like, first he my does secret a grenade weapon trick. is run away. Oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah. the grenade. So We're the never going to get out trick, of this fight. The grenade trick is cool, but also ridiculous, but I, I judge it to be more on the cool side. I thought it was cool. So... Basically, Jojo, in order, he's realized that his Hamon won't work. He has revealed that he is not the mirror that was shot to death. And he uses his incredible speed to attach a grenade to Stryzo. And Stryzo, so so Jojo reveals this by pulling the pin using one of those like invisible strings that you see a lot in Naruto. And so he pulls the pin, and that's how Streiso realizes there's a grenade stuck to the front of his scarf. And he's like, you're foolish. I can just grab this grenade and throw it away, which he does. But it turns out the grenade was also holding strings attached to, like, 12 other grenades on the backside of his scarf. So those yes. all explode. And then Streiso pulls his body together in a truly disgusting and gruesome way. And then Jojo's like, I can still defeat him. My last secret weapon is my legs. And Smokey's like, your legs? And he's like, yes, I'm going to use them to run away. (laughs) Which, it's real dumb. Anyways, so he's going to run away, um, and uh, Streiso is going to chase him while grabbing a girl, and also not grabbing any clothes because it's time for naked fighting. Uh Um, So he chases after Jojo onto a bridge. He appears, and he's like, hey... Um, I've got my fingers in this girl's mouth, and if you don't do another rapey moment, come up here. Yes, don't do if that. You don't, don't stick your fingers in someone's and, mouth if they don't want it. If you don't come up here and help this girl, I'm just gonna rip her into shreds. And JoJo's like, I don't even know that girl. Yeah, fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is she? I don't know her. Does she even go yeah. to the school? <laughs> yeah. So JoJo's like, he's pu- he's putting on an act. He's trying to act like he doesn't care about this woman. Because then maybe Streiso will give it up and let her go and try a different tactic. It doesn't work. Streiso rips out one of her teeth and throws it at them. And then Jojo gets mad and goes to fight Streiso. Um, thankfully, Streiso lets go of the woman and nothing horrible happens there. Um, Streiso uses his eye beam, but then Jojo does this cool trick. It's, again, a little stupid, but mostly cool. And basically he brought some shot glasses with him and he charges them with his ham on. And that combination allows them to basically like the beam like goes in and then loops back out the way that it came. So he redirects the I beam back at Stryzo. Unfortunately, he only catches one. So he gets got in the shoulder, but it's not going to have any consequences. So we don't have to worry about it. Zero Uh, consequences. Yeah, the I-beam hits Dryzo, who's sort of stunned for a second. Jojo uses that moment to hit him with a Hamon-infused punch. Now that is naked, he doesn't have his magic scarf to protect him. He starts to dissolve uh, and fall off the bridge. Jojo saves him, and uh, is basically like, you know what, 
you don't even have to worry about me because what you really need to worry about is the pillar man. And then Strizo, being a Hamon master, builds it up inside of himself, which is anathema to his new vampire form, so he explodes himself to death. Yeah, uh, it's real dumb. Uh, the next thing that we're going to see inside of this Nazis. episode... <laughs> yes. So, uh, we're also going to find out, it's World War II! This is also happening. There is a very fast, uh, like, cutscene of this. And then we get Nazis that are, for some reason, in Mexico... And also, they are, uh, they have found the Pillar Man and yeah. they are experimenting on it because when they found, uh, when they found Speedwagon, Speedwagon was like ranting about it still, which I thought Speedwagon was dead. He punched him real hard in the fucking head and yeah. I am surprised he didn't die. He actually split his skull open and yes. he was perceived to be dead. He has somehow survived and then the German doctors have patched him up. And the main German guy, Major von Stroheim, is extremely enthusiastic about German medicine <laughs> and the reason that he's still alive. Um, so we've got, so I, I think I know why they're that in Mexico. That is the first two episodes, you guys. Yeah. That, that so is two episodes of the show. <laughs> they are, um, they're in Mexico because the Nazis were sort of known to do like crazy experiments. And also the, I, I think this is true for the real life Nazis that they tried to get involved in like occult shit and see if they could get like some sort of supernatural power to help them out. But as you'll see in like Marvel superheroes or pretty much any other, uh, fictional sci-fi or fantasy universe that uses Nazis as villains, they are pretty much all Indiana Jones is a good example. They're always looking for a leg up in a supernatural sense, and they often get it in those kind of shows so that the protagonist has something supernatural to fight against. Um, So the Nazis are studying the pillar man for this reason. And um, they also have this like cutaway scene where they're going to bloodlet their prisoners into the pillar man to see if they can reawaken him. And they like go to this cage full of prisoners and they're like, we're going to kill one of you and everybody else gets to go free. And there's like one kid is like, so if you kill me, you'll let everyone else go. I volunteer. And he's like, cool. I like people like you, you get to go free. Everyone else dies. (laughs) It's like a real switcheroo situation right there. So we're going to move into episode 12. Um, this starts, we get like a really brief cutaway to this at the end of episode two, but somehow Jojo has made his way to the desert from New York. Yeah. Uh, and he's also gotten himself a kick-ass motorcycle. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit that's happening in this episode, um, not the least of which is the first person that Jojo is going to fight against. Not um, the least of which. Yeah. Uh... Anyways, so... So the thing about this guy that he's going to fight against, who I can't remember his name and I refuse to Don't obey. Um, it's Don't right O'Bang. there in my notes. <laughs> I am not looking at notes. I watch these If you're starting to today. feel creepy, don't obey. <laughs> Anyways, so his power is cape. Um, that is his I, only power. I fucking um, love this power, actually. So he is basically able to vanish himself. And then, like, reappear out of the cape. Like, I think he can kind of use this cape as a portal to his own personal dimension. Because he, like, vanishes and the cape is left behind. And then Jojo picks up the cape and throws it away. And then he, like, pulls himself out of the cape with a knife and stabs Jojo. And it's pretty sweet. He then proves to be not very good at anything else. (laughs) And then he's like, Jojo's like, well, I'm going to punch the cape. And he's like, secretly, cape is cat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he put the cape on a cactus or he was, if he was able to dimension portal a cactus in there. But it, like Jojo punches it, he gets needles from the cactus in his hand. Then Dono Dono Bang puts Jojo like into the dirt. Jojo happens to be lying next to a cactus, which he pours his ham on into because it's mostly water, causing the cactus to explode needles into Dono Bang's face, which allows Jojo to win the fight. It takes about ninety By the seconds. Way. This cactus is about to explode for like six seconds. Uh-huh. And he just looks at the cactus the whole time. Closer and, and like, closer. And JoJo's even like, why don't you look in a little closer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's so transparent. Oh my God. Uh, so 
what they've been doing inside of the secret Nazi base on the meantime is that uh, they are trying to awaken the Pillar Man by putting blood into it. Um, this, Which works. Uh, <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, the whole time Speedwagon is like, don't do that. It's not good. Don't do that. Yeah. And he's like, we're not going to listen to you because we're German and we're also Nazis. speaking Japanese. <laughs> uh, so Anyways. the Nazis wake him up. They name him San, San Viento after the hot winds of Mexico. Let's just agree to call him the Pillar Man. Yes. So Always the P- Pillar Man. Stroheim is wondering what Pillar Man's going to get up to. He seems kind of dumb. He slips on his own, like, like there's some water where he falls and he slips on it. And they're like, man, this guy was supposed to be like the ultimate being. What's the deal? Why don't we see what happens when we expose him to somebody else? So they took one of their prisoners and used the stone mask to turn him into a vampire. And he has been like waiting hungrily behind this door. So they put the two together to see what will happen. And at first the vampire bites down on the pillar man and it looks like he's going to die. And they're like, fuck our experiments getting messed up. Like let's stop the vampire. We put an explosive in his head. That's never going to come back. So let's use it. And they're like, wait, 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 Actually, the vampire's entire front half has been absorbed into this guy's body, and it's horrible. So Pillar Man proceeds to just basically, like, walk into the vampire, absorbing him into his body. And it makes him a little bit bigger, so he, like, essentially gains his power. It's real—it's something. Um, It's powerful but vague enough to be menacing, I guess. Yeah. So the the next thing that's going to happen is truly dumb. So Jojo is going to, uh, he's going to try to infiltrate into this base by pretending that he's a woman. Yeah, the Nazis are being rapey, which is our third instance of inappropriate behavior. But in this instance, it involves Nazis. So it's the most logical version of these events. Jojo Uh, has dressed up like a woman in, in... What can only be explained as the least convincing outfit of all time. Yeah, he literally gets called out in-universe for being too muscular to be a woman, which I thought was pretty clever. Um, So they realize that it's him, so he just punches them. Or doesn't he throw? (laughs) He actually, no, he does his, his make the bottle pressurized trick again, but instead of shooting them with the bottle caps, he shoots the coconut tree or whatever above their head and causes the fruit to fall down and knock them out. Which Very fucking is stupid. awfully serendipitous <laughs> when you already had a weapon you could shoot directly at them. <laughs> so he takes their he takes a Nazi uniform and infiltrates the base. Um, meanwhile, back in Nazi town, in inside the base, uh, the Pillar Man has vanished. They explain for way too fucking long that the guy just took his eyes off of him for a second and then he was gone. And then they get this tape. They're like, "Hey, the tape's finished." Uh, the the um the tape is is ready to watch. So they bring out this this film reel that they processed, which was apparently like the security cameras keeping really good tabs on this guy because he had to have been moving super fast for this to have happened in the time frame that's been established. And the cameras tracked him the whole way, even though it's the thirties. And nobody physically was watching him. So essentially what happened is he squished his body and wound it around and like fractured all of his own bones using his mind, I guess, so that he could climb into the vents. And now he's in the ventilation system. Uh, Immediately. He's about to be be in some body. He jumps out of the ventilation system and jumps into this guy. And the guy becomes like huge and gross and he like it's they it's try truly to shoot. disturbing how, what he yeah. looks like. He they try to shoot him down, and he does not go down. Except yeah. his his like jaw starts falling off. That happens. Yeah, um, it's and gross. He like forms his hand into a gun, and he starts to shoot the bullets back at the people through his finger, which is yeah. ridiculous, but also kind of cool. Um. So then. So then one of the Nazi officer, one of the Nazi soldiers is talking to Speedwagon is like, you need to go hide over here. And Speedwagon's like, fuck you, I'm not going to get help from a Nazi. And then it turns (laughs) out that it's Jojo in disguise. And he pulls out some of Stroheim's hair 
And then he th- he charges it with Hamon and throws it in front of him, which allows him to create like an impenetrable shield that the bullets can't pass through. So Jojo, Stroheim, and Speedwagon are still alive. And yeah. uh, then he makes Jojo a really bitchy comment about his hair. By the way, this is clearly which... the gayest Jojo. He's like, "Your hair's a yeah. little dry. You're gonna go bald if you don't use some moisturizer." Honestly, honey, exactly. I'm... <laughs> oh my god! When we got to this point, I was I was watching this, and also I looked at my Facebook at the same time, and somebody was talking about like America's Next Top Bottle, and it was like this very gay guy that was just like, "Oh, this person got robbed because their hair was bad," and I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit." So, okay, I think we can knock this last episode out in like 10 minutes or less. Dude, we're at like the hour mark. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's better okay. this way. We have okay, four next so, time anyways. So, so um, let's hit the fast forward button and Blake is going to blitz through this episode. Sure. So first of all, Stroheim establishes something that's absolutely not true. He says that the Pillar Man uses the mask to turn people into vampires so that they get stronger before he absorbs them, which absolutely has not happened. He's only absorbed one, maybe two people, because it's not established whether or not he absorbed the soldier that he made grow really grotesque. He's only absorbed the one vampire, and they're the ones that turned him into a vampire, not the Pillar Man. So I don't know where Stroheim's coming from here. Anyway, Stroheim is concerned jojo is not concerned and is basically just like saying hey what's up do you want to be friends this is fun we're all having fun out to the pillar man the pillar man ignores him and starts to walk past him jojo gets temperamental and tries to trip him but all it does is hurt jojo uh then the pillar man he has gone over to examine a gun because he's been unconscious for 2000 years and he doesn't understand what it is he dismantles it everyone freaks out Jojo goes over and fucks with him some more and is being, like, honestly a really annoying child the whole time. And the Pillar Man spurts his ribs out like a spider, like giant spider legs, and tries to stab Jojo with them. The apparent effect of this would have been that Jojo is absorbed, but instead Jojo's Hamon protects him. And the Pillar Man is confused as to, like, what Jojo is up to. He wonders if human beings have evolved in his time um, since he was unconscious, and he tr- he starts to absorb Speedwagon and realizes that, no, Jojo's just an exception. Um, Jojo attacks him so that he stops absorbing Speedwagon, but um, the Pillar Man's body is kind of like Strizo's scarf, so it absorbs and repels the Hamon instead of being dissolved like a vampire's would. Um, then they, like, scuffle a little bit, and Jojo stabs uh, the Pillar Man with a knife, but he uses his foot to stab him instead of his hand. And it's just ridiculous. Um, the pillar man responds by punching Jojo really fucking hard in the stomach. The note that after being hit that hard, he might not be able to use his hand on cause he won't be able to breathe. Um, Jojo seems to be knocked out and while he's unconscious, the pillar man takes the opportunity to absorb him into himself but it turns out that this was just a dangerous gambit on Jojo's part. He's actually conscious. He charges himself up with Hamon. And since he's inside of the Pillar Man, it causes the Pillar Man to explode into two. Um, Jojo wraps up the still conscious torso half of the Pillar Man with a chain and starts to drag him up the stairs to the sunlight because they have already discovered that the Pillar Man is... Um, is vulnerable to the sun, just like vampires. So he's dragging his torso away so that the pillar man can't hit like his legs and shit. Can't like get to his body to reform. Um, then I'm not quite sure what happens, but somehow the pillar man gets pieces of his flesh to drip onto Jojo's legs, which stop Jojo from going up the stairs. Cause they like sap his strength. Also, for some reason, JoJo's not able to use his ham on right now. And I would have thought it was because he got punched a minute ago, but he used his ham on after that, so I don't know. Um, It's kind of just narrative convenience, I think, which is a little unfortunate. Anyway, Stroheim, the Nazi officer, is like, I can't let him fail in this mission, so I'm going to go help him. He runs up the stairs, and he's like two centimeters away from the door when um, the pillow man, pillar man... (laughs) manages to um, stop him by, like, throwing part of himself at Stroheim. And so he, like, infects part of Stroheim's leg and traps him there. 
Um, Stroheim begs Jojo to chop off his legs so that he can make it the last few feet. Jojo doesn't want to, and they argue about it for, like, way too long. And then Jojo does it anyway, which I'm like, if Jojo had the strength to get up, grab the axe, and chop off a man's leg in one swipe, couldn't he have gone the extra few feet to just open the door himself? But he doesn't. He chops off the Nazi's leg, and Stroheim opens the door. Uh, Pillar Man starts to turn into stone because of the sun, but then he warps his body into a tiny form and goes into Stroheim's body to hide from the sun inside of his person. Stroheim hops out into the sun and pulls a grenade so he can explode himself so that the Pillar Man will be exposed. Before he dies, he reveals that there is another Pillar Man that was discovered in a different part of Europe and that they were doing tests on this one in Mexico to see what the Pillar Man was capable of before they revived the one in Europe. Um, He also says that since Jojo's grandfather 50 years ago tussled with the vampires, it's Jojo's destiny to deal with the Pillar Man now, which is a little bit of a jump, but whatever. Uh, Stroheim explodes himself. The Pillar Man is revealed again. He's still alive, and he has managed to reform um, right before he jumped back into Stroheim's body. Um, He is resilient enough to attack Jojo right before the sun consumes him. He tries to dive into a well so that Jojo will die and also so that he'll be protected from the sun. But unfortunately for him, it is high noon, so the sun's right overhead. And the sun is actually reflecting off of the water in the well. So it's actually worse for him to be in the well than it would have been if he just stayed out of it. Um, Jojo uses his Hamon to prevent them from falling into the water where the Pillar Man might be able to survive. And the Pillar Man turns completely to stone and kind of starts to dissolve. Um, Jojo determines that he's going to have to see this thing through. And that's the end of it for today. And yeah, yeah, that was about five (laughs) minutes. I did it. I did did a good job. Cool. So we're going to be back after the credits with our uh, preview of our next episode. Um, If you are... um, if you are excited about this show, please let us know, because the further we get into it, the more ridiculous it's going to be. Dude, uh, I honestly, I think part three is going to be worth it. If we can make it to part three, it's going to be worth it. Okay, also, another reminder, please vote on what show you'd like us to watch after Cowboy Bebop so that we know what to do with ourselves. You've got about four weeks, so don't wait. Okay, uh, stick with us. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level 5 sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. It's Gone versus Hisoka. I'm going to punch him right in the face, in his stupid smug face. (laughs) Ha <laughs>